Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Word of God. We desire to know God. We desire to follow Christ. In order to do that, we have to be into the message that God's given us. God, the Bible is God's revelation to us, given to us so that we can know Him. We can follow Him. And that's our purpose for working through the Word of God. We're working our way through 1 John. This is a letter that the Apostle John wrote. And we are in episode 34. We're looking at 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Let's read the passage. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only Son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Well, John has been making a big deal about loving one another. He has said that that's the mark of a true follower of Christ, is that we love other followers of Christ. God's children love God's other children. And if we don't, then that casts doubt on us actually being children of God. Love one another has come up several times so far in his letter, and he's really pushing this issue that we are to love one another. And the reason we love one another is because we are followers of Christ. Christ loves us. God loves us. And as God's people, we are to do what he does and love his people. So last time he said, love is from God. That's why we love one another, because God's the one that invented love. And anyone who loves at all loves only because God has allowed that person to love. Love is a descriptor of God. And as followers of God, we are to love also, especially other followers of Christ. And so now he's describing what God's love looked like. Verse 9, God's love was revealed among us in this way. You know what God's love looks like? Look at this. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. God sent his one and only son. That sounds like a famous verse, John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that describes the mission of Jesus. God the Son came into the world so that people could experience reconciliation with God, so that people could experience the forgiveness of sin. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son. Here he uh, adds to that, that God sent his one only son into the world so that we might live through him. Here's the idea, not just the, so that people in general can be reconciled with God, but that we then would actually live differently. That our lives would be different because of what Christ has done. That sounds a lot like something out of the Gospel John. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it in abundance Prior to coming to Christ, people are spiritually dead. They're in a state of spiritual death, in a sp state of separation from God. Sometimes we, we, we think that in the end that uh, the, the scales will be weighed and we'll be found either guilty or innocent. Well, that's already happened. When we are born, even before we are born, we are sinners already guilty 
already under condemnation, already condemned to an eternity separated from God in hell. That's the way we already were. So when the judgment comes in the end, it doesn't really determine anything new. We've already been declared under God's condemnation. So that's what's so amazing about salvation is this bringing us from that state of guilt, that state of separation, that state of condemnation, and bringing us into a state of a relationship with God, children of God, followers of Christ. So Christ came to rescue us and give us life, but then we're to live in that life, living through him. So that's uh, the picture there is that we should live differently. And John's been talking about that. There's two flavors of people in the world, those who are followers of Christ and everyone else. Followers of Christ live differently. They live righteously. They live obediently. They live in love. They live differently than those who live of the world. John's been saying that there's two fathers. You're either a child of God or a child of the devil. And there's a distinction in the way those two live. So if we are followers of Christ, that should play out in how we live. And so Christ came not just to rescue us from sin, but so that we would live differently, live in him. Now in verse 10, John goes on to de describe the love of God. He says, love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. God's the one who initiates the relationship. We don't love God. In fact, the Bible teaches that we are incapable of loving God. Our, in our sinfulness, we are incapable of making good choices. We are incapable of not sinning. We are incapable of choosing God. Several times the Bible says nobody chooses God because of sin, because of corruption, because of our fallenness. We are unable to even choose God. And so it wasn't because of our great love for God that God sent Christ into the world. It was because of his great love for us. We didn't earn his love. It's an act of incredible mercy. It's an act of incredible love. It's an act of incredible grace that we who did not earn his love, we who could not even choose to love him, he first made the move. So this aspect that we didn't earn it, now this is all under the uh, heading or category description of loving one another. And if we're to follow God's example as we love one another, it's an important aspect to remember that just as we didn't earn God's love, other people don't have to earn our love. Love one another is a command not love one another when we want to, not love one another when they're lovable, but love one another, period. And that's a, a challenge for us because while we have been redeemed, we have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we have been adopted by God, we still carry a lot of the, the problems of the world, the corruption of the world in us. And we often act in a very selfish ways, act in very uh, unloving ways. And sometimes we decide that we're just not going to love people who aren't very lovable. But this command 
that John gives us. It's not a suggestion. It's not part of a 12-point program to a better life. It's just a flat command. He says, hey, followers of Christ, love other followers of Christ. And so the challenge for us is just to do that. And look to the example of God. God loved us, not because of anything we did, anything we earned, not because of anything he owed us, but just out of his pure, absolute mercy and grace. So others don't have to earn our love. We love them because we're followers of Christ. Love consists of this, not that we loved God, but he loved us. And here's how much he loved us. He sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Here's that word, atoning sacrifice. You say, hey, that's two words. Well, in the original language, it's one word. The word atoning sacrifice, we talked about that back in episode six. We first see it in, in, in John's letter in um, chapter two, verse two, where he talks about uh, Jesus being the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Uh, I talked at length about it. You may want to go back and listen to episode six again if you don't remember that often uh, we, we use a lot of different words for this. And, and the, the best word is propitiation, but nobody knows what that means. So we don't use it because it's a hard word. But atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is the idea that God took care of the problem of our sin, which separates us from God. And uh, one way to think about this is, when we talk about being saved, the question that could be thrown out, saved from what? Saved from sin? Well, in a certain sense, yes. But saved from the consequence of sin. And what is the consequence of sin? Condemnation separation from God, eternity in hell. And what is that a picture of? The wrath of God. God's wrath is his holy, righteous, just response to sin. And that's what we've been saved from. So the idea of the atoning sacrifice for our sin is that was what it takes to make all that right, to turn away the wrath of God and put us in a right relationship with God. And all that was done by what Jesus did on the cross. That's how much God loves us. It should just strike us with awe as we think about how much God loves us. Passage in Romans 5, which deals with this. Romans 5, start with verse 6. Paul says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. So that's describing us. We we were the ungodly that Christ died for. And it goes on, he says, For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we've now been declared righteous by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? So there's the, the idea of being saved from the wrath of God because of the righteousness of Jesus. Then he goes on in verse 10. He says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, would we'll be saved by his life? 
That's that fascinating idea there that we were enemies of God. And that's a, a theme we see throughout the Bible. We were enemies of God, under the wrath of God, under condemnation. That is who Jesus died for. Enemies of God, incapable of loving God. But because of his incredible mercy, incredible love, Jesus took on an incredibly horrible death to pay the penalty of sin so that we might experience reconciliation with God. That is the picture of God's love. And he's given that picture of God's love. That's how we are to love one another, based on that selfless, self-sacrificing, lavish, extravagant love for one another. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 John.